India is a land of dynamism dynamism of culture dynamism of thoughts dynamism of mindset and dynamism of approaches and therefore it's our responsibility as technologists as entrepreneurs as innovators to celebrate this dynamism and utilize it for our own advancements welcome to this new episode of the tech catch up show on nerd for tech originals the episode features mr rahul jindal director at google in conversation with us on topics that are less spoken about topics that needs to be more frequently discussed and topics that lie beyond technology this is a heavy long episode but it's definitely a rich one when it comes to content listen to this entire podcast this is your host kushak shrivastav and see you on the other side aspirations if there were any and were, were there any specific goals that you like wanted to achieve like after uh, after certain years and after doing some kind of work were, were there some kind of specific goals that you wanted to work at yeah so i'll take questions so i think i'll be honest uh, by sharing that you know the only thing i had in mind when i started out was that you know because i was the first engineer in the family okay uh, that you know i will have to be very adaptable in my mindset yeah that i will have to be ready for experiences which i cannot imagine today both yeah. good and bad because i am going to make uh, my career uh, in a way which is different than what other people in my family had done right yeah, so true. and also you know because i was at that time uh, in chandigarh and i i had to move out of chandigarh so yeah. i was mentally also preparing myself to be ready to not be used to such easy life as you have in chandigarh which is very organized very small very clean exactly very so so i just getting ready for that in terms of uh, aspirations i i can't tell you that i had some very quantified aspirations of yeah. you know becoming this or becoming that but but i what i very clearly knew is that expertise is going to be important and yeah. the need for creating a brand for yourself will be important right exactly. and what i also knew uh, what was very good because of some alumni from the engineering college where i studied right is that if you keep working hard and if you keep uh, working sincerely you are likely to be successful so i think those yeah. values were there but i can't tell you that i had one very exactly. tangible goal in front exactly. of exactly yeah uh so like as you men- mentioned like there was something like uh, some of your alumni told that if you keep working hard and sincerely and constantly then you are going to be successful so like i wish to know that has that definition of success over the period of time like it ha- it must have changed it must have varied so like what was at that point of time your definition of success and then right now what success defines to you no no i'd say that you know at that point success was really just financial security and financial stability right okay. uh, uh, being able to earn enough that you know you don't have to rely on any debts exactly uh, be able to clear the family's debts be able to uh, even being able to afford cars right yeah. uh, and those kind of things so i think it was very very uh, small scale in terms exactly. of uh, the definition it was very related to money and uh, financial security but i think it was very clear 7 uh, or 8 years into working that you know those needs will be taken care of if you sincerely continue to work and save uh, yeah. and do something with your savings but i think um, uh, almost for 12 or 15 years now for me it has been about creating value exactly right? creating value for the employer creating value for your peers creating value for the industry creating value in the society right yeah. so whether that is by being 
top notch in terms of the company's products and services or it is being helpful to people younger to you or yeah. it is being helpful to parts of the community which is less privileged than you right yeah. uh, so so that has been uh, a, a key shift in the definition or the scope of the definition of success exactly. in that sense so so i think it's one of those aspects of growing up that you know the the more you know the more you realize the less you know exactly uh, right so so it's one of those and i'm i'm glad that even though it took me a while but i understood that success is much more than just these quantified measures like money or position or title and so on and so forth i think it is about being in the service of uh, others and uh, you know i i am hoping there's a long career ahead of me and i'm definitely keen on spending the rest of the career more aligned along those lines great uh, so like again from whatever you just talked about uh, like do you do you like after spending so much year so many years in the industry and experiencing things at a lot personal level uh do you feel like is that realization of definition of success like is it dependent on uh your age or your experiences or a person like it is it is just about awareness of things uh, if if a person is aware about things then he could get that definition of success at an early age also what what do you feel like yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel uh, it's it's all of those right i mean one is obviously your natural maturing process with age yeah but i see i mean a lot of people same age even older who i couldn't tell you have gained that perspective i think exactly. it's all about what philosophy do you use to guide your life right okay. and if i go a step further in that who is your mentor yeah right who who do you look up to whose guidances do you look up to and whose guidances do you look to decide what you will do and equally what you will not do right yeah how will you spend your day how will you spend your week how will you spend your month quarter year years right? yeah all that is dependent by what what is guiding you and what is guiding you i think the good and the bad of being alive in this time in 2020 right is there is no dearth of resources exactly there is no dearth of access to information but that is also the bad because there is too much there that you don't know how to decide yeah so i'd say that it's extremely important to be very clear on what philosophy is guiding you and it's extremely extremely important to find a mentor in life yeah. i i feel that while i was always a bit seeking and always a bit uh, curious about consuming a lot of uh, inputs and guidances and books and articles and ted talks and whatever but i feel the real change happened for me in 2009 when i joined this uh, buddhism for the ordinary people organization it's called bharat sokagakai okay right and being governed by the guidances of the mentor uh, there which is dr daisaku ikeda right he is now 92 years old he has dedicated his entire life to uh, guiding and raising people like me okay so so i think that gave me a lot of systematic way right because the the and i work at google right so i can yeah. tell you that you know there's no uh, dearth of resources these days thanks exactly. to youtube and thanks to google and thanks to everything else but how will you choose yeah. right and we in fact have to guard ourselves against a lot of you know uh, consuming stuff which is not necessarily taking you in the correct direction exactly so and it is also therefore dependent on the company you keep right they say yeah. that you become the average of the five people that you hang yeah. out the most with Yeah. So so but I think all of that is also decided by what is the philosophy right how will exactly. you live your life what will be the purpose of your life answering those questions early i feel is important merely relying on the aging process is not going to be sufficient because we've seen uh, older people who are not necessarily matured and we've, we've seen younger people who are mature beyond their years exactly uh, right i i might be talking to one here so so i think maturity uh, and all of that outlook in life is dependent on the value system with which you are, have been raised and yeah. with which you continue to raise yourself so that i wow. feel is the most important aspect well that was really well put sir uh, uh, so like now when when you retrospect uh, back when you were starting and things were like back whatever the things were in terms of technology in terms of mindset of the people in terms of interactions that people used to have so how do you feel like what are some of the key changes that have taken place over the years in terms of all those things like be it technology be it interactions that people used to have at that point of time how their mindset used used to work 
So if you could explain that. No, absolutely. So I, I probably speak about three dimensions and I'm just taking a yeah. quick example in each dimension, but I, I really mean to communicate the dimensions more than the examples, exactly. right? Exactly. So dimension number one is, uh, you know, the technology and the proliferation of technology, right? Okay. So when I was studying computer science and I graduated in 2002, I think at that time, it was possible for me and people like me to to claim that you know i know most things about technology oh. because it wasn't it wasn't an explosion like it is now right yeah. so i remember graduating out of engineering knowing about 30 computer languages right oh. and and i i used to be confident comfortable with the fact that most things about most things i'm aware of mm. but but in the last 18 20 years it's been such a great explosion it's a massive explosion yeah. That today, I mean, I couldn't tell you that I know even most of the computer language names. Obviously, one is that I'm no longer yeah. in the computer science development space. Exactly. I'm more in digital marketing. I'm more of a business person. I'm more of a management yeah. uh, person, a leader. However, uh, even if I was in computer science, I don't think I could tell you that, uh, you know, I know everything about everything tech. Exactly. So I think one has to be aware that that time has passed when you knew everything about everything. So therefore, it is extremely important to be very careful and cognizant of what will you be a specialist in and then go be a specialist in that and then build a network, build a collaborated collaboration with a lot of other folks on who are good in their respective areas. Yeah. So that's number one is the attitude towards technology, I would say. Number two, I would say is attitude towards how we see ourselves in okay. respect of the rest of the globe. I think when I was graduating, I think that time it, it was very much the ticket to success to go to a foreign country oh. and go make a career in a foreign country, right? So yeah. India was supposed to be simply a supplier exactly. of, of trained, enterprising, hardworking, analytical oriented talent, right? So the ticket to success was go on site or somewhere find a way to get out of India. Yeah. I feel now it's been a complete 180 degree change that now I see an extremely large set of extremely smart, extremely hardworking, extremely confident people and professionals who want to sit in India and win the globe. Exactly. Right. They, they want to be global winners sitting out of that. And I am extremely pleased by that because, you know, I never had any desire to go overseas. Obviously, you know, uh, graduating when I did with computer science, Literally every six months, I had the opportunity to go overseas and I chose not to take it. I only went overseas once, that too in 2011, uh, just about for a year and then I came back. Okay. Right. Uh, so I am actually personally quite thrilled that the Indian professional mindset has moved on from being somebody who's seeking an employment in a global corporation, preferably outside of India, to sitting in India and building for the world sitting in India and having customers from around the world, sitting in India and having investors from around the world. Yeah. So that I think is a sea change in the ambition of the Indian professional. And I would, I find that extremely energizing. The third, I would say is the uh, change in the Indian society and the outlook towards a lot of things, right? Whether it is the outlook towards enabling your uh, boys and girls, right? Enabling your children to go be an entrepreneur. I think when yeah. I started out, being an entrepreneur was deemed to be extremely risky, exactly. right? And not for the middle class. But now you see a whole crop of professionals who are, you know, come from, from our kind of backgrounds, but yeah. are, you know, ha uh, happy to be entrepreneurs. And the second aspect I would say is the society's general outlook towards minorities, right? Uh, I actually feel extremely proud about a few facts that you know, when I was growing up, girls working was relatively uncommon, right? Mm. In my class of computer science of 30, <clears throat> there were only six girl students, okay. right? Uh, so which is 20%. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember overhearing conversations that where if a girl has to wear spectacles, parents would be worrying about how will she get married. Yeah. So from that being the attitude of the society in, 20, in 1980s, Two in 2020, where India has government mandated six months maternity leave, right? So yeah. that leapfrogging, right? And even now, countries like US or uh, UK or others, they have about 12 weeks of mat leave, right? Okay. So I think 
the indian society's ability to go from being a little backward to being the world's foremost in in the span of one generation is extremely encouraging extremely fascinating right similar yeah. is the attitude towards let's say minorities including the lgbtq plus community right so whether it is the role of some progressive movies or it is the role of activists who have been courageous or it is the people who themselves have been from the minority communities for their courage to come out right exactly but we've gone from being not talking about a certain topic or talking about a certain topic only to mock that topic to to being you know ha- having very progressive laws and pro- very progressive participants of the society in one generation so i yeah. think this ability this dynamic ability of the indian society is my third uh, point here is that we are a very dynamic society i think all exactly. of us need to take the responsibility of explaining india and the indian society to people worldwide i think a mm. lot of people have lot of this very narrow very backward very regressive kind of view of what india or indian society is so so i for one for example i wasn't very thrilled with the success of slum dog millionaire not because yeah. it's a bad movie not because yeah. it's a bad theme but because it it stereotypes india exactly india is slum dog millionaire but india is a lot of other things india is also tare zameen par which exactly. is telling the story of uh, children and people with dyslexia india is also hichki right yeah. which is talking about covid syndrome india is also all the other media about lgbtq india is also about women rights so india is about a lot of things india is not a society that you can spend 5 minutes and understand exactly so, yeah so i feel those are the things about technology about our aspirations and about our multi faceted society if that answers yeah. your question yeah wow so that was brilliantly good uh, so talking about a bit bit more deeper in this point only uh, like what do you feel like i know that taking taking like from after independence what we were and now it has it has moved like it has moved leaps of faith and to to reach a point where we are right now but still uh because because india is a dynamic country there are like uh, religion religions caste everything changes cultures change after every like from village to village they change so now my point is how how can like these particular uh, uh, if we if we are focusing on a particular culture or like how how can we actually uh take advantage advantage of the dynamism that india holds and use it for for our upgradation or for for the upliftment of the country using that using that dynamism how can india uh put put themselves on 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 altogether a different kind of a space on the globe now again a really brilliant question and your questions are really reflective of uh, the the maturity you are carrying and this generation is carrying so it makes me extremely hopeful and energized so so i'd say that uh, the first and foremost in anything is the self narrative okay what do we tell ourselves right if we keep telling ourselves that this dynamism is a burden then it will be a burden exactly if you tell ourselves that this dynamism is an opportunity it will be an opportunity so i will tell you this is a huge moment in my own thought process which happened around 2011 uh, when i actually after many years of working in india i actually went to live and work in australia okay right so what happened there was i had the ability to compare and contrast how things work in india versus how they work in australia hmm. right and i i will spare you the detail but i'll come to the summary of my conclusion and it took me yeah. many many months to completely fathom this thing okay i feel that india is the only country of its kind oh. in the following dimensions first and foremost is the size of our population hmm. right at 1.3 or 1.4 billion people there are only two countries of this size one is china one is india exactly but i'll continue with my parameters and you will realize that why india is the only one at the end of it so first and foremost like i said is the size of our population so which means that whatever we have to put in terms of systems they have to cater to a extremely large unprecedented scale okay. right second is what i call the heterogeneity of our population okay. right these are not 1.3 or 1.4 billion people all the same or exactly. all almost the same they are extremely diverse extremely variant right 
so whether it is socio economic or it is religious beliefs yeah. or it is even the age demographic or it is other aspects in which one can classify a large group right so it is very heterogeneous and the point of heterogeneity actually occurred to me when i was in australia and living in sydney right there actually you know 95% plus of the population of the whole country actually lives in six or seven urbanized cities okay so when when you have a much more homogenized population it is much easier to design systems exactly right? but in india for example even if you have to think about road how to make the make a proper road now you have to cater to people who will be walking people who are using animal driven transportation people who are using you know self powered cycles yeah people who are using um, motorized two wheelers and then four wheelers and four wheelers of all size and exactly. then trucks and then so this heterogeneity is not an easy thing to solve yeah. right so we spoke about the size of the population we spoke about the heterogeneity of the population then we have to talk about you know the democratic decision making yeah this is where india and china differ okay right in india everything has to be decided based on consensus in china exactly. you don't take consensus you just exactly. so then that leads to violation of human rights and violation of the dignity of all life right yeah. so in india we would have seen so many times that there is a grave of some holy man and then there's a main road built all around it yeah. right or there's a small temple and then there's a road built around it or yeah. there's a tree and there's a road built around it right yeah that i think we can look at as a fodder of jokes or we can look at that that is the symbol that we want to take everybody along so mm. we have to do democratic decision making and then finally and unfortunately you know there is obviously deep rooted uh, corruption in our systems of Definitely. course obviously it is being cleaned out but there is deep rooted corruption in our system so which means that you know there is all the capital that starts at the top of the funnel does not necessarily reach the bottom of the funnel in that sense yeah. so so i would summarize all of these four factors of the size of the population the heterogeneity of the population the democratic decision making and the inherent corruption which is obviously hopefully going away bit by bit but all these four put together makes it an extremely you know unprecedented situation so so i'd say that my appeal to um, people in positions uh, of you know aspiration or decision making is that let us look at it as an opportunity right okay. let us first acknowledge that this is an unprecedented problem right our administrators the people in ias ips and such positions or ifs or people running uh, you know other uh, armed forces and so on so forth they are not incapable people they are extremely capable people but let us also understand that the problems that they are solving for are extremely unique problems there are no models that we can copy right mm-hmm. it may be easy to say that let us take hyderabad and make it like sydney but hyderabad is not like sydney yeah right uh, the whole country's population there is uh, 22 million and hyderabad's population itself might be 8 or 10 million exactly so so we have to i go back to the first thing i mentioned is that we have to go back to what is the self narrative if mm-hmm. we tell ourselves that it is an extremely large extremely different kind of a problem then we will find extremely different kind of solutions and we will spend less time in lamenting and moaning about how things don't work and more time in finding out how can i be a part of the solution you know one yeah. very simple mental model which has helped me convert myself from a person who was frustrated about everything about the system that doesn't work to people to a person who is much more understanding is very simple that why don't i ask myself that okay you are so smart what is your solution wow. whatever the problem right if the problem is traffic if the problem is anything else distribution if the problem is uh, you know inadequate social structure uh, support structure whatever so let us ask our own selves that what is your solution and if i don't have a better solution then do i have the right to complain about the solution which already exists right wow. because i feel that we don't want to become a nation of the ungrateful Exactly. I think we should become a nation of the grateful. A grateful doesn't mean complacent. That's not what I mean. Obviously, there is a lot of stuff to be done. But if we are grateful for what we have, then we build on that platform. Because then we also energize ourselves. If we are not grateful for what we have, then we are not 
standing on any platform then we standing on uh, quicksand and we just keep going down and down and then one day you find yourself wanting to just go on site and leave india and who does that help that doesn't help the country yeah, yeah. Right? that doesn't help uh, the place where we grew so that i think is not the right attitude i think the right attitude is let's understand deeply and let's be a part of the solution by being grateful for what already exists exactly that was really great so well put and so like uh, now taking you back to some some of your times like uh, like when you were uh, just starting into this professional world and you you landed up with your first job so like how was that experience from like uh, till, till until until the point when you decided to pursue mba you did you did quite a lot of work with different organizations so like what was that kind of a working environment and has that shifted uh, to a better p- position currently has that has there been a positive shift and like what were your experiences transitioning from one role to the other yeah thanks for that question so like i said i've studied computer science and i used to like computer science uh, and i thought i was good at it also um, but i think one thing did happen at the start of my career which was that i graduated into a recession year okay right and when you graduate into a recession year you you know life is not what your seniors would have told you exactly so you know uh, because even though i had three very active opportunities before graduating by the time i graduated all three disappeared oh because of the recession year yeah. so so i actually started by going to triple it hyderabad for a research project after the engineering okay. only then to be very rapidly called back because infosys wanted me to join very quickly oh. right and i'm talking about, about infosys of 2002 yeah. right so so i started there and i thought that it was an excellent work environment it was a very good company led by a very strong value system but i felt that you know as a computer science student i i wasn't very challenged enough i think okay. infosys was great for a narrative about you know going overseas seeing the abroad life uh, or seeing the life abroad uh, saving some dollars you know rising okay. up in life in that manner but while that, while i was very grateful to the company for presenting those opportunities to me but what i was looking for was a lot more day to day challenge of the job right mm. that i felt i didn't really get in the it industry i realized that it is not that infosys had an issue i think it was the whole uh, nature of the industry and nature of the roles back then were such that they were not okay. very challenging to a computer science student so luckily for me a, a friend of mine um, from school actually told me about this company called evaluserve okay right it was a pretty small company back then and he told me about this field of intellectual property right okay. and i had no idea what it meant so i went to interview for this company i got uh, selected for it it was a extremely um, you know friendly extremely energizing kind of an environment where even after all my years of working i felt that what i learned at evaluserve i've never learned so much in one uh, one year Wow. right it was really really good probably some of the smartest people i have worked with ever in my career were at evaluserve so that gave me a lot of uh, confidence um, that gave me a lot of uh, skill set that gave me a lot of ability to uh, decide that intellectual property seems to be a great space that i want to make my career in right uh, so i moved around a few companies i went to a startup in mumbai i then came to another company in uh, noida uh, which was as sort of like the first employee of a overseas company that had bought uh, an indian company okay. uh, there sort of a thing so about 9ish years i spent in the field of intellectual property and then you know successively increasing the complexity of what i did uh, right i started drafting patents but then i started analyzing patents and then patent portfolios and then monetizing patent portfolios i think uh, towards the end of that industry uh, or towards the end of my career in that industry what i was doing was extremely satisfying right because it wow. was at the intersection of business technology law and finance wow. right and that's a very very rare combination that somebody gets to work at the intersection of all these four fields yeah true however what had happened is that you know at the peak of my career in that space i think i was doing what probably probably maybe 25 people in the world were doing yeah. so while that was very 
fascinating but i was feeling that i've become little too specialized okay right so that is the time when i was not able to see a very long term career another 20 30 40 years to my career i was not able to see especially without a jd degree jd okay. is juris doctor that's equivalent okay. that's a law degree in the us right so i was not able to afford that so i i thought that i do need to pursue something but maybe i need to broaden my skill set and broaden my employability a little bit yeah so that's when i decided to do my mba okay and after mba i again went back to work for infosys but in a sales role in australia yeah right because i believed the company was great the industry yeah. was great it was just that i wasn't feeling challenged as a software engineer so that was extremely uh, valuable experience i obviously learned about australia learned about financial services uh, i used to sell big data solutions to financial services companies there so that was very good and then after that i when i decided to come back to india i had an opportunity with google india wow. and i've been with google india since 2013 yeah so to your um, question on what has changed i i feel that uh, again uh, uh, you know there are a, a very large number of companies in india both indian uh, companies and multinational companies that provide very good culture right okay so i feel that the value attributed to culture or the expectation from culture definitely has gone up so it's very encouraging that you know i mean uh, all indian companies are not uh, you know do, are not employers with poor cultures right so culture exactly. is important exactly and i actually feel that in every company i have worked at whether that was infosys or evaluserve or pandya 3 or cpa global or google now i think i've been very fortunate to work with extremely smart people yeah. right which which actually tells me that it's not high quality talent is not only found in one company or one industry right exactly. india has a lot of high quality talent and so that actually is very encouraging right that for anybody beginning their career that you can have a great time in most companies that you will go and work at exactly. uh, so those kind of things are there and i see that you know the mindset in in uh, companies in india whether they are indian companies or multinational to be very systems oriented is mm. very good right because if we are building for scale if we are building for heterogeneity i think those are systems which are built to last exactly. i actually have started to feel that the built to last kind of a mindset is much more there in indian companies than in other companies right okay. companies from other countries so so that is a change i mean i'm definitely perceiving a much greater confidence in the indian professional in the indian manager in the indian leader okay. right and that is great news for our country and for the future of our country and for the future of our economy uh, the other thing finally i would say on this one is that i see many more professionals being okay with pursuing senior ic paths right okay. when when i started my career it was almost implicit that if you have to grow you have to go into managerial careers but now yeah. i see many many people with 10 15 even 20 years of experience right and they are very specialized and yeah. they are still okay with pursuing an individual contributor role exactly. i think that is much needed i think that is a mindset we must cultivate in india because you know if india has to become the powerhouse we have to have depth exactly right? you, you you previously brought out india's independence right i actually believe india's real independence happened in 1991 Okay. with the economic uh, liberalization yeah. so if you look at it from that perspective we are a very young country right 30 years exactly only so i feel that we all have to upgrade our mindset from not only going down the managerial paths but going down the expertise paths yeah. right uh, because if we cannot become experts on a lot of topics then we will always be reliant on expertise from other countries and you know that is val- leaving value on True. the table Sure. so i would really encourage professionals to also think of confidently courageously being experts on a topic and not necessarily rushing after becoming managers true also like whatever you told in this answer there there, there is one thing like what i took out from this conversation was like you taking you as an individual and what i believe most of the people at your point of time were more of a kind of focused on learning out things and uh, like uh, developing themselves for for 
better as an individual as well as for the betterment of the organization they are working for uh, for the nation in in a wider prospect what i feel in the generations that I, in the generation that i belong because i have been in that state of mind uh, like past two years i had been in that state of mind where i wanted to work as an individual but i wanted to like there is no problem in earning money but for the cause of just earning money that's the problem in the mindset so i i was at that kind of a mindset i just wanted to uh, complete my engineering work my motive was to uh, grow uh, like grow financially become rich uh, travel to places and just 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 like it was okay if if i if i have to do this kind of work i'll do it give it to the organization give it to the person who who is who i have to report it and that's it now when i interact to a lot of people who are junior to me or in my age group i find this thing where they are not actually focusing on the learning part there is a lot of focus on getting certificates on getting into the organization as big as google or as big as apple so they want to work for the, such organizations but the curve that they had to follow for getting there is is like very low there is there is no uh, there is no efforts where you can see actually so what do you think like why is that perception coming from is it because uh, social media has uh, like influenced people to that extent where everyone wants to just get that result irrespective of the uh, efforts that one has to put it in to get that result or or it it can be like diverse diverse reasons for for this kind of a mindset which is currently being seen so like what's your take on this yeah i think it's an extremely important multifaceted topic i would feel so yeah. um see again i i don't claim to be a millennial expert i mean i don't think i am a millennial expert but uh, but i i feel that there are various reasons i think reason number one i can feel is that the uh, people who are joining the workforce now right yeah. they actually grew in households which were a little bit better off financially than the previous generations right okay. so which means that they have not necessarily seen the shortage of anything right and more often than not or definitely more often than the previous generation their demands and needs when they were growing up they were met okay right? so so i wouldn't actually put it on the generation i think it is just a just a matter of you know as the indian economy got better as the global economy got better households were able to satisfy the needs of their children more often than the previous generation yeah so i don't think it is it, it can be dumped on the generation i think it is it is the evolution of the society right that we've never really enabled a whole swath of people to have the skills of patience exactly right? exactly have the skills that you need to really work on something for a prolonged period of time before you earn the right to uh, uh, enjoy its fruits exactly right in that sense so but, but it is what it is i don't think there is much point in just moaning about it uh, i feel that um, so the strength of the current generation is that they they are seeking a much greater meaning right so so that's where the desire for travel comes in that's where the desire for experiences comes in that's where the desire for having a life outside of the working hours exactly comes in so so i don't think we should uh, fight that i think we should channelize that right okay great so, so i think that um, the role of leadership is extremely important i think the role of philosophy is extremely important right uh, so so i'd say that it would be foolish of uh, people uh, even older than me who are leaders and managers of organizations to either deny that this generation has different needs or to just go out try to correct those i don't think yeah. something like this something which is so pervasive exactly. and something which is Uh, uh so large can be corrected i think it can only be channelized right so so i feel that first and foremost it is very important for managers and leaders and promoters of organizations and leaders of the country to to acknowledge what is there right yeah. acknowledge the good aspects of it i mean i feel that 
we are not producing we, we don't have cookie cutter approach now right exactly. when when oh. i was graduating i think most people had a very similar outlook in life hmm. that's not necessarily a good thing for the country or the society right what about diversity then exactly um, i mean it's, it's good to produce a lot of workers right whether for the uh, uh, you know white collar workers or the blue collar workers but it's not necessarily for the holistic growth of the society yeah so, so i feel the role of leadership is important but but i'd say that also my perspective to the younger uh, colleagues here right is uh, is that see we have to understand that we are living in a very complicated world and it's getting more and more complicated right uh, uh previously access to information was an issue but now way too much information is an issue and not always knowing what is to be trusted and what is not to be trusted is an issue so so i think i think let us work together in formulating the right principles in which we will you know live so somebody who's 20 years today right they will likely live to an average age of 75 80 right so i would encourage them to also worry about that i have 60 70 more years ahead of me what will be the principles i will use okay. to spend those 60 70 years in a meaningful way because of three key macro forces right and i have believed in these three macro forces for a long time macro force number 1 is obviously technology led disruption okay. right and that is only only going to become more and more accelerated right with this machine learning artificial intelligence all of that the disruption because of technology is only accelerating yeah. so people who are not going to be experts on anything will likely find themselves out of a job right wow. so that's number one number two is this whole globalization or now even deglobalization these are very large forces larger than an individual but they impact everybody so you know outsourcing impacts everybody so we should not think that we are sitting in india so we are immune to outsourcing there are many other smaller countries where the wages are lower so hmm. our jobs can go there so we have to be cognizant that we have to continue to provide uh, expertise right we have to continue to provide points of view deep points of view insightful points of view that's number 2 number 3 is what i have for years been calling global health and you know the pandemic era is a great example of that yeah. right because because of such great connectivity now something that happens in one part of the world can impact the whole world very quickly and what better example than coronavirus to give right exactly. so so i'd urge people who are younger now to you know not stop being themselves i think their desire to travel their desire for a fuller life their desire to enjoy is all well respected but i'd say that also let's design for the long term right because yeah. if if their parents had three or four careers in a in a span of 40 50 years and if their grandparents had one or two careers in a span of 30 40 years they will likely need to have a lot more careers right wow. lot so i think the future of work is also going to be a lot more about the gig economy it's going to be a lot more about solopreneurs right so i think it's a deep topic we can probably talk at length uh, uh, exactly. separately about it but uh, but i'd say two parts to the message is that don't stop being yourself but also have a robust vision of who you want to be you wow. cannot be what you are today you will have to transform so either you transform by design or somebody else will force you to transform wow. right which wow. one do you want to pick up exactly exactly as uh, so like you have been a lot lot more lot more interested in uh, investing into startups and have been mentoring them a lot so like what do you feel is is a uh, what do you feel is a global appeal how what kind of a global appeal do indian startups hold at the current scenario and like why why we can say that it is the best time to have a startup in india so like i mentioned earlier i feel that indian talent has always been valued highly for uh, you know our collective analytical ability our collective even ability to work hard and be be enterprising right so analytical ability hard work then coupled with global connectivity and a systems thinking right i mean the indian gene pool has always been very systems thinking i mean yeah. we are you know we had some of the greatest uh, mathematicians even uh, you know thousands of years ago exactly so i think that indian uh, startups are definitely valued for you know rapid decision making customer centricity uh you know the the whole point i was making on the indian society about leapfrogging 
i think that also applies to indian startups right we are okay. because we don't have a lot of legacy to take care of in terms of technologies or in terms mm. of lots of technology oh, investment true. so we can quickly leapfrog and build with the best technology build with the best methodologies build with the best mindset so and i think i really like like i mentioned earlier the indian entrepreneurial mindset to build for the globe mm. right yeah. to attract global capital so i think it's an extremely special time right now and i think it will it will be a very golden era uh, to either be investing in startups or being employed at startups or even if you are able to and if you have a good business plan and if you figured out the financials to be an entrepreneur yourself right i just want to put in a word of caution right these gold golden period i am extremely a believer in but i don't want people to be fool hardy about that if i can't find that job let me be an entrepreneur if you can't yeah. find a job because you're not skilled enough exactly you can't find a job because you don't interview well exactly. those are not things one can wish away and then say that because i can't find a job let me go be an entrepreneur that is just being a little silly right yeah. so so i think you know starting a company is not a piece of cake it's become relatively easier because so many seniors of ours have proven that indian entrepreneurs are world class but exactly. that doesn't mean that it is a piece of cake exactly. so i'd say that let us focus on being skilled let us focus on being insightful and then whether that means i should go work in a large company or i should go work in a startup or i should start something of my own that is a matter of personal choice and uh, uh, you know how energized one feels by a certain idea or does not feel energized by a certain idea but uh, it's a golden time but let us you know make a very prudent moves in this golden time let us not make oh. foolish moves in this golden time yeah. is what i want to talk so and so like uh, whenever you are investing or interacting with any kind of a startup uh, as a mentor and as an investor what are some of the things that you actually look out for uh, in order to analyze it and make a point with like whether the business is going to work or not or like whether the startup even has that enthusiasm to work for the idea so what are the some of some of the things that you personally look out for yeah great question so i think see the first thing i look out for is uh, like i said i i put a lot of emphasis on the self narrative exactly so in this example what that means is that why are the founders doing what they are doing wow if their reason is you know to create value right for the society for the consumers uh, and therefore for themselves that's the right kind of mindset right if they are about it i am doing a startup because i couldn't find a job or i am doing a startup because all my other friends are doing a startup that sounds like a pretty weak reason because you know there will it will be a struggle very on a very regular basis and if you are not guided by the right principle then you will crumble very quickly right so exactly. so first and foremost is the motivation of the founders themselves why are you doing what you doing second is i think um openness to new input openness to feedback right because almost all companies even the successful ones do not end up doing what they start by thinking that they will do exactly right? well wow. almost Great. all companies have to pivot in small ways or big ways or whatever but if the founders are not open to stimuli if they are very arrogant or if they are very stuck to their ways uh and sometimes people are even foolish and arrogant right foolish and arrogant means they like steve jobs was stuck i am stuck so therefore i am steve jobs but you are not steve jobs right yeah. so there is the only steve jobs is steve jobs so i'm not saying that i think don't get me wrong i'm not saying that conviction is not important yeah. conviction is important exactly but be, having the humility to vet it having the humility to be open to other people's point of points of views even more important right yeah. good ideas can come from anywhere but execution is extremely important exactly so so that that and finally one factor which is personally very important to me is whatever the company is doing is it adding value or is it subtracting value mm. right mm. uh i mean i will not invest in for example a better juicer i mean we don't need better juicers right we need to solve problems of the society we need to solve maybe we can invest in better experiences we can invest oh. in better health we can invest in better education we can invest in better processes right we can invest yeah. in better customer centricity but so so i think um, I, i i really believe in this one mental model that larry page is famous for quoting right which is the toothbrush test okay it means that 
whatever you building is it something that the consumers will use very regularly preferably many times a day if that's not the case then then i am not very motivated uh, uh, i no. mean I'll, I'll i'll obviously invest with my time and advice but i may not invest with my money in in such companies well well that was extremely great sir talking to you just a last question uh, in the conversation uh, could you please suggest some of the resources that has helped you to become a better professional and a better person all together if you could suggest anything so i mean you know the great thing about being alive is that there is never a dearth of inspiration right there are Definitely. so many excellent authors so Definitely. many excellent speakers uh, uh, but i'd say that like i mentioned earlier on you know the uh, importance of philosophy is very high according to me so i want to recommend uh, these series of books called the new human revolution okay right this is okay. written by dr daisaku ikeda i was quoting as my mentor yeah so these are extremely good outside of uh, this i think tons of books i would like to encourage people to build clear thinking right so in that there is a very very readable very snackable book called the art of thinking clearly so that's definitely i would recommend there's a similar book a little bit more uh, involved but that book is called super thinking okay right but the whole topic of mental models i feel that you know if india has to go to the next orbit the indian professionals have to move on from not only being great problem solvers but also great problem finders hmm. right we have to yeah. build the ability to find problems so for that super thinking is is very good and yeah. you know tons of other books i could recommend but if there is two more i want to recommend i think are the book series from nicholas taleb right okay. the original author of uh, books like anti fragility or uh, fooled by randomness and all that i think he's an extremely okay. great thinker Okay. and i'd also recommend the book called principles okay by ray dalio right yeah. principles is is very uh, important principles in general are very important and principles as a book therefore is very important in support of that uh, yeah well thanks a lot for coming to the show it was an honor hosting you sir and i hope you enjoyed yourself and uh, thanks for thanks to all our listeners who are listening this podcast to any of the platforms and this is your host kushak shrivastava signing off thank you so much kushak thank you